And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the We Are Mead podcast. It's Mickey Brennan here as always and I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, the one and only Davey Rispin. And Davey, I suppose before we uh, get cracking into the podcast this evening, it was a bad weekend for both of us. Um, your beloved Corten coming up a cropper to St. Vincent's and Simonstown coming up a cropper to uh, uh, the the new the newly promoted Nobber. So um yeah, bad day at the office all round. Yeah, I think you're taking the right approach with this, Mickey. You're you're going with like as if it's a plaster. You're just ripping it off straight away and getting it over and done with. But yeah, yeah, both of them were obviously Friday night, and uh, I suppose for ourselves it was just a disaster from start to finish um, against a very good St Vincent's team. I may add, and, and it's worth saying as well. Um, but you know, we were miles off, and I think tactically um the way we were set up everything you know was completely wrong it played into St Vincent's hands but um take nothing away from them you know they're a very good side and uh, they applied themselves really well and, and won the game and as it turned out I was walking towards the car and David McEntee was actually doing physio for us and he'd given me treatment at various different stages of the game so he comes running across to the car and I'm just getting in it ready to make a quick escape and he says um he says Dave 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 he says um uh, now we're after beating Simonstown, right? And then a few people kind of heard it and latched onto it and they says, no, 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 there's no way. And this was the actual, this was the sense of disbelief amongst the people at the game. They actually would not believe him. They said, no, nah, there's no way. That obviously isn't the case. And um, then obviously got into the phone, got into the car, got, got on the phone and just seen it. And um, I mean, incredible looking at that. Like, you know, obviously for Simonstown, it's a complete and utter disaster. But like, what a story for Nobber. Like, they're coming up. They got absolutely battered two weeks ago against the county champions, Retoat. I Like, without the likes of Brian Farrell, who we've already talked about and everything like that, but even with Brian Farrell and at their full hand, it would have been an unenviable task. But you know what? It was close enough to them in Castletown, and, um, you know, kudos to them. What a result, Mickey. I know it's, it's a difficult one for you to talk about, but you have to hold your hands up. Similar to that with St. Vincent's and just say, you know, take a bow, lads. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, 100%. Like, in fairness, you know, nobody would have saw it coming. Um, and, you know, Nobber, you know, they regrouped after what was an, an absolutely horror show, an absolute horror show against Rathoth, as he said. And they came out and maybe Simonson took the eye off the ball and maybe had one eye on the Rathoth game or something like that. But you can make all the excuses in the world. Um, it's not going to make a difference. You know, uh, Nobber deserved their win on the evening and uh, came away with uh, two points and a massive, massive win. You know, um, 
I, I would go as far as to say it's probably the biggest upset in, in Mead senior championship football in 15 or 20 years. Um, you know, like it really is. You know, when you look at, at Nobber coming up from intermediate, as you said, lost Brian Farrell and whatever. Simonstown, uh, there are two senior championship wins in 16 and 17, beaten semi-finalists in, in uh, 18 and 19. You know, with great, great aspirations of winning the senior championship. And... Uh, uh, it just it was nearly like David and Goliath and you know well, all power to them it leaves that group wide open though Davey it does Mickey um, just a couple of things I wanted to bounce off you in regards to this game I was chatting to someone I won't name the person and I won't name the player he was talking to but he mentioned he spoke to a Simonston player after the screen game and all the talk was about retort retort, retort, retort and you know this is the big game and, and it'll come down to this and that in your own modest opinion, do you think the Simons 10 players maybe even just slightly took their eye off the ball with Nobber and maybe just took them for granted? Would that have come into, come into effect? Yeah, look, I'm not privy to what was happening in there and there are some big characters in there. You know, like Seamus Kenny is still around the, 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 um, the team. Shane O'Rourke is still around the team. Sean Tobin. Horak McKeever, like these are big, big players for Simonson, and they wouldn't be silly enough to take their eye off the ball. And you know they've been around for a long time now, and they know what it's like and how you need to uh, approach these games. Obviously, they would have been approaching the game and saying, "Like, number, don't beat us. That's what we do. You just it doesn't happen, and we don't let it happen." But maybe a few of them did take their eye off the ball and think that they were you know, just going to turn up and, and beat them. But I, I know a lot of the players wouldn't have been thinking like that. But, you know, who's to say? I'm not privy. I'm not around this squad uh, uh, this year. Um, so I don't know what was happening in there or what way they were prepared. Um, but it is. It's a huge shock and it's a, and it's a huge win for Nobber. We can't take anything away from them. And, uh, yeah, look, who's to say? Um, looking at it, Davey, you'd imagine that some of the players took the right off the ball and just thought that it was a matter of turning up. But again, looking at some of the other players, I know a lot of those players wouldn't have done something like that. So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, bad weekend all around for me and you. Great weekend for St. Vincent's and people in Norway. <laughs> um, we're, on this week's show, we will be uh, looking at all the results from the Junior Intermediate and Senior Championship men's games that were played on the weekend. We'll also be taking a look at all the ladies' results that took place, uh, or the, the, the ladies' results from the junior Keepak Junior, Keepak Intermediate and Keepak Senior Club Championship games that took place on Friday. We will uh, also be going to our Instagram Interactive and then, Davey, we will have the tireless task of trying to figure out who's going to be our proactive risk control team of the week and player of the week. That will that podcast is going to go out in the next couple of days. We still have to um, uh, sit down maybe tomorrow evening and uh, and go through all the different players and and, and teams and you know and, and, and figure out who's going to be on our team of the week and whatever. And again, we want to wait until all our listeners send in their nominations as well because there's been some absolutely amazing, amazing. Amazing performances this weekend in in the football championship. It's uh, it's just it's quite getting better. From, it's going from better to it's going from good to better all the time, Davy. And I'm I'm starting to lose words here at the moment. It's late on a Sunday night after a weekend of football. 
Yeah, incredible performances, Mickey. And I didn't think, to be honest with you, that they could be topped after round one. But um, definitely from seeing the games and from listening to some of the reports that have already come in, um, you know, the performances seem to have been up up a notch again onto what was already there in round one. And it's great. I think the football has been really, really good, which is um, probably something we may not have expected. But teams seem to be... Um, rise into the challenge of playing essentially knockout football and it definitely seems to be bringing the best out of individuals and also teams as a whole so you know long may it continue yeah absolutely and, and, and when you when when you say that you know it was a great weekend and you look at the first weekend we didn't have too many big surprises on the first mm. weekend this weekend was just every single division had had huge surprises and uh, it just shows you what championship football is like when it is practically knockout from day one, what way teams react. And uh, yeah, it's been exciting stuff. So maybe we might get started. And Davey, what, the way we do this this week, maybe is we'll go through the Town GEA predictions and uh, give the results that way and then uh, move on to the ladies after that. So I think we'll start in the, the bottom of the sheet and it is the junior championship. It is Group uh, D, I believe. And it was St. Dalton's and Kilmaine and Mud. You went for a St. Dalton's win here. I went for a St. Dalton's win and they got the win. one twelve to Kilmaine and Mud's one goal in eight. They did, Mick. Yeah, I was, I was chatting to a couple of people who were at the game and um, they said, by all accounts, Kilmaine and Mud were a little bit unlucky. I think Dalton's got a rather fortuitous um, goal that put them in the ascendancy. But Kilmaine and Mud uh, seemingly matched them stride for stride every bit of the way. And it's... Suppose this was this was it for Kilmaine and Mud. This was their last game, and they knew that they had to get a win to keep them in with any sort of chance of advancing to the semi-finals. Um, and again, they gave a good account of themselves. Ultons did enough. Um, I think they'll need to up the ante big time. They have St. Bridget's next in what essentially is a quarter-final winner takes all in that one. So they'll be pleased with the result, but they'll know there's a lot of improvement still to be done. Yeah, it's going to be a shootout between St. Bridget's and St. Dalton's for that semi-final spot. Moving on now to Group C, and uh, St. Vincent's were taking on Cortown Davy. We mentioned it already. I went for a St. Vincent's win here. It's the first time I've ever gone against Cortown uh, and my friend Davy. Won't Westbrook. be the last. <laughs> no, no. If you remember last year, I went with my heart over my head in one of the rounds of club championship and only four of them would have won the week. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, when yeah. I went with Cortown. So uh, I learned my lesson. It took me two weeks, though, to get to learn my lesson. But Davy, St. Vincent's coming away with the victory here. five twelve to Cortown's eight points. A disappointing day, as we said. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, six points in at halftime. We conceded two extremely bad goals in the first half. Um Errors from our goalkeeper, who's been outstanding this year, I have to say. Um, you know, he'd be the first to admit it. One was a kick out and one was a catch that kind of was taken out of his possession. But that was the only difference between the teams at half time, And it was only really in the last quarter, which, you know, from speaking to a few people, they said they wouldn't really look into that last quarter because just the way things had gone. But, you know, I have to say I was impressed with St. Vincent's, you know, their, their system, which I always talk about, but their levels of fitness and everything like that as well. They have a lot of players who are very similar. They look very similar and they also play a very similar style of play. <laughs> um, but they have that fine tune at this stage and it'll take a good team to beat them. I, I'll be honest with you, they're more or less in the semi-final now. They have a little bit of work to do in round three, but nothing that should prevent them getting into the last four of the championship, which is um, when we'll really see how, how good their credentials are. Yeah, and moving on now to the other game in that group, but it was Slane taking on Minalti. 
and uh, Rinaldi coming away with a one-point victory here, Davy. 118 to Slane's 311, and Slane really came back into this and gave it all they had, but just came up a cropper in the end, and Rinaldi seeing it out by, with a one-point victory. But, you know, kudos to Slane for, for, for coming back the way they did. Well, I'll be honest with you, Mickey. I, I did fear a bit for Slane because um, I probably still counted ourselves a little bit unlucky to be beaten by Slane in round one. And then the Vincents come and hammer us on the Friday night. And I'm looking at this game on the Saturday evening and I'm saying, right, Minaldi got within two points of the Vincents. Slane only, you know, narrowly beat Cortown. So it says if the form guide is anything to go by, Minaldi should win this game with a bit to spare. And at halftime, they were leading by five points. Yeah. And I would have expected them to kick on by win by eight to ten points, we'll say. But, you know, as you said, credit to Slane. They came back in, got a couple of goals. And by all accounts, I think we're very unlucky not to get a share of the spoils out of this one now. You went for Slane, I went for Minaldi, so we, we kind of evened ourselves off. I got that court and result back in that one, so um, <laughs> please to level up with you there on that one, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now, I think it's Group B, and it was uh, Boards Mill taking on Karen Ross. Karen Ross coming away victorious here, 214 to 17 points, a three-point win for Karen Ross. And, you know, we probably would have expected it to be uh, a, a bigger win than three points but Karen Ross getting the win in the end we both went for Karen Ross in this game yeah Boards Mill have been absolutely fantastic they've been a breath of fresh air coming up from Junior B Mickey they, um, they led by 10 points at one stage in the first round game against a, a really strong Beliver side they led by a point against Karen Ross at half time on Saturday so they are so unlucky probably not to be sitting on four points. And had they been playing two other teams in the junior championship, I'm sure they probably would have been at this stage. Um, look, at Karen Ross, full credit to them. They were, in a, they were embroiled in a battle and they came through it. They know they have a huge test ahead and it's going to be Beliver in two weeks' time in a winner-takes-all. We'd both pick Karen Ross, but, you know, a word for Boards Mill, who've been brilliant. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, and we, we, we thought that Karen Ross would run out convincing winners. You know... Boards Mill pushed them to the pin of their collar. Uh, in the other game in that group, it was uh, Beliver and Clannard. And Beliver coming out, you know, strong winners here. 317 to Clannard's one goal and five. I picked a uh, 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 Beliver win, and I think you picked a Beliver win here as well. Yeah, I did indeed, Mickey. I got to this game on Saturday afternoon in Longwood. Um, we'll have full reaction on our Patreon uh, service um, with the manager from Beliver after the game. And it was fairly straightforward. Clannard were pretty limited in everything they did. They did come out at the start of the second half and give a decent account of themselves. But Beliver's score and power and um, full forward line in particular, McKeown, Gannon and Potterton were absolutely brilliant. And even even Karen Ross could struggle to contain them the next day. Um, good win for Beliver, but there's a huge test coming down the line. I can't wait for that one in two weeks. Yeah, that's going to be a huge match uh, in two weeks' time and uh, uh, we'll, we'll be eagerly awaiting the result of that one. The next game we have on our list is Kilbride and St Mary's. And uh, Davy, I went for a Kilbride win here and uh, I think you went, did you go for a St Mary's win, no? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kilbride came away... Catch me out with that one. <laughs> Kilbride came away with the victory here, 314 to St Mary's, seven points. And uh, Kilbride looked like the real deal. They do, yeah. As expected, look at a uh, convincing win for Kilbride and they're going to get the chance to take on Dunsany last round of the group in a winner-takes-all um, clash in that group as well. So great to see the two, the, them two groups coming down to the last game. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think Kilbride, 
haven't really been tested yet because they beat Drumcondra comprehensively enough in the first round and they've done the same now with St Mary's. So they bet what's in front of them and they'll get confidence from that. They'll still go into the, the Dunsany game as rank underdogs, but you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how they perform in that. I think that's a real acid test for them. But yeah, uh, I went for Kilbride, needless to say. Yeah, both Dunsany and Kilbride, um, who meet in the final game of that group, had great wins this weekend because in the other game, Dunsany were taking on Drumcondreth and then ended up Dunsany, nine goals in 23, Drumcondreth, one goal in two. Both of us had a Dunsany win here, uh, Davy, but couldn't, imagine, couldn't have imagined that it was going to be that big of a margin. No, I did fear for Drum Condor. I really did. Um, yeah. And there was a couple of suspensions, I think, from the first round game as well. And uh, that's, a, that's a, a really, really ugly scoreline. Um, I don't know how to put a positive spin on it from a Drum Condor point of view. But look, I don't even know how to put a positive spin on it from a Dunsany point of view. I know Pierre Fox scored 4-12 out of that uh, 923 scoreline. And I think Owen Harkin did serious damage as well. But as expected, Dunsany doing their job. They know Kilbride is going to be a massive step up and they'll be ready for that. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing. That'll be a decent test for them, particularly with the view to if they win going into a semi-final against probably, um, I think it's St. Vincent's that they'll line up on. So bigger test to come for Dunsany. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, just thinking about it, Davy. you know, like... Kilbride, 3-14, Dunsany, 9 goals and 23. And you'd have to be imagining that this the next game should be a high-scoring game. It should, yeah. There's plenty of good forwards on show on both sides and two young enough teams as well. So um, I'd say that could be an entertaining game for sure, Mick. Um, yeah. Yeah, going to move on now to the intermediate. And the first game then we have on the intermediate is Mead Hill and Ballinlock and... Uh, Susan Farrell wasn't happy with us last week, Davy, when I gave my prediction. But uh, Mead Hill coming away with the victory, two fourteen to Ballinlock's fourteen points. Yeah, I had Mead Hill myself in this one, Mickey. I just, I just felt they were that bit more um, confident, having got the first round win over Longwood, and did look to kick on and see this as a real opportunity to make the last four of the championship, which they absolutely have a great chance of doing now. So, um, yeah, 240 to 14. I think Ballinlock battled hard and, and, you know, obviously difficult times for the club. It can't be easy playing any games at the minute for them. But um, gave a decent account of themselves. Sounded as if it was, um, uh, I suppose, a, a hot and heavy affair by the sounds of it, by the, by the look of Susan Farrell's match report. If you get a chance to have a look at it, um, do, do have a look back. She was biting her tongue or biting her lip throughout writing it. I think she was trying to refrain from insulting anyone in particular, but uh, there was a couple of rubs and licks in that. So, uh, <laughs> But no, look, at, fair play to Mead Hill. Two wins from two. They'll be delighted with that. Ballinlock know that at this stage they're probably facing um, a do-or-die game against, uh, I think, Longwood in the last round to decide who will finish bottom of the group and who will avoid the relegation playoffs. Yeah, and just as you mentioned, Longwood. Longwood were taking on their near neighbours, Clonmigale, and... Uh, Clonmigale came away with the victory here, Davy, 2 9 to 2 8. And, uh, you know, Clonmigale going from strength to strength after last year's uh, heroics. Yeah, I think a very uh, last minute goal nearly by Rory Chute to seal the win for Clonmigale. You went for Clonmigale. I had the draw on this one. I was so close, just a point away, but unfortunately didn't click this week for me. But uh, look, as you say, that was, a, that was a derby. It was 4 all at the break. So, you know, things really progressed in the second half. Thanks be to God. Two. 
I would say defence-minded teams, to be honest, which I think they both play a defensive-type game and, um, you know, there was no quarter given in this one. So, great win for Clannagale to come out on the... Particularly because they're a young side, Mickey, and Longwood are that bit more experienced. I think that was a massive test of their mentality more than anything else. And yeah. for them to come out and they're going to have a straight shootout now with Mead Hill in the last round, that's another fantastic game in the waiting. Yeah, I think you had picked a draw there, as you said. So um, so far, Davy, out of all the results, I only have one wrong, but I think it's not going to go too well from here on in. Um, the Minolte and Slane result was the, was, the, was the one I got wrong. So moving on now, and the next game is Ballinabracky and Sidden. And uh, I had picked a Sidden, here, a Sidden win here, Davy. Who had you gone for in this one? I got for the Bracks in this one, mate. <laughs> and Ballinabracky came away with the win. 316 to Sidden's four points, and that's a huge victory for, for, for Ballinabracky. After Sidden's heroics the week beforehand, like, you know, beating Old Castle. Yeah. Incredible, Mickey. Um, I was doing comms for the Nafina game when this game was going on, and I was just checking up on the different scores and that. And I seen the halftime scoreline in this, and it was something like two ten to a point at halftime to Balnebracky. Could not fathom it whatsoever. Could not get my head around it. I'm talking to Davy Cahill. You know that last week after the game, he was delighted. He says they were pouring. They played ever so well. Great win. You'd imagine it would have given them a huge boost in that as well. But, you know, Balnebracki, who, in fairness, we weren't sure last week what way things would have been with that confirmed case of COVID-19 and how much training and prep would have went into this game. But, you know, all credit to them. They come out and, and put a rubber stamp their potential and, and their credentials on this one. Interestingly enough, again, we'll come to the next game, but the fact that they drew first round against Dalik Bellustown meant that there's a good chance that themselves and Dalik could both end up on five points apiece. So that score difference could come into play. So getting up a margin like that and getting a plus score difference that that will do to them is hugely significant and puts all the pressure on Dalik Bellustown, even if they um, get a win in the last round. Yeah, absolutely. And moving on to that next game uh, is Old Castle. And Dalik Bellustown and Dalik Bellustown coming away with the victory here. It was one goal and 14 to Old Castle's one goal and 11. I had picked Old Castle here, Davy. Who had you gone for? I had gone for Dalik Bellustown, Mickey. So that was another four points for me on that one. So um, just, just fancy to say, I just thought Old Castle are, are, are they're, they're obviously not going well. And there was a lot of changes made to the team. Some big. Uh, big name omissions left out of the squad for, for the game against uh, Jalik Bellustown, probably as a result of that first round game against Sydney, as you mentioned. So um, with that in mind, I just thought Jalik Bellustown are a much more steady side and there was probably a little bit more riding on them in this game. And, you know, looking at it again, we, we, we talked about Longwood and Castletown possibly struggling. Old Castle were in the semi-final of an intermediate championship last year and it, the likelihood is they're going to end up in a relegation battle this year. Um, which is remarkable and it just shows that if you don't perform you know for a couple of games that you can end up it doesn't matter who and what you are you know if you don't perform you'll you'll, you'll end up in trouble yeah absolutely and, and 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 as we said this this year's championship just with the way it's been restructured you you just can't afford any slip-ups and um, looking at the next game on our list and it is Dundry and Castleton Davy I went for a draw here and I couldn't have been any further away from the truth. It was 2.16 to Dundry and it was six points to Castletown. Well, Mickey, you could have been further because I picked Castletown. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, look, 
to be honest with you, I thought I I, I actually I backed your um your suggestion last week because I said this game is pretty much a fifty fifty a time yeah. coin a coin toss, and I went with Castletown purely on the assumption that Dunder you're missing a few lads and that Castletown, if they could find anything towards their twenty nineteen form, should possibly have enough. But you know, there's they're in dire straits now. You know that's two really bad beatings in a row. Blackhall Gales in round one, and now. Dundry, they are staring them playoffs in the face, similar to Oldcastle, another team who were in the semi-final last year, as I keep saying, only bet by Nobber an extra time. Look where Nobber are now, look where Castletown are now, it's chocolate cheese, ridiculous stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible, it just shows you how competitive that intermediate championship is and how difficult it is to win it and, you know, it's again, I think we're still going to see some surprises as this championship prevails. We're going to move on now to the next result. It was Blackhall Gales taking on Kilmainham. And you said it, Blackhall Gales, after that huge victory last week, on the crest of a wave, coming up against another team, Kilmainham, who were on the crest of a wave. And it was Kilmainham who came away with the win here. Two goals in 11 to Blackhall Gales, one goal and 12. I had picked Blackhall Gales. You had picked Blackhall Gales. We didn't think that there was going to be anybody there from Kilmainham that would maybe stop um, uh, Alan Nestor or Kelly or any of the lads in there in that forward line. But they did, and they did it with a plum. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have said that it was going to be one-way traffic or anything like that. This was a game I no. was really looking forward to all weekend. Definitely in the intermediate and junior was the game I was most looking forward to. And with the exception of Kells and Dunboyne, um, definitely from a commentary perspective it was a game that I was really buzzing for and it lived up to the billing it was a fantastic game first 15 minutes were absolutely brilliant um, the water break kind of took the sting out of things a little bit and I found games in general it does do that but full credit to Kilmainham because Blackhall Gales led for most of the second half looked to have weathered the storm had chances to get insurance points and go three points up but Kilmainham four points in the last four points without reply in the last two or three minutes and, and I'm talking Mickey Newman, Paul Farley off the bench, Mark Newman off the bench, um, and Barry Lynch, the influence he brought off the bench. We've spoken about that as well last week, what he could do. Um, it, was, it was an incredible turnaround. Brilliant, brilliant advertisement for me to intermediate football. And uh, yeah, we both picked Blackhall Gills, but I have to say I'm so happy for Kilmainham. I really am. There are our neighbours over across the way. Um, and I, I'm just so pleased for them. But, you know, we'll hear plenty more reaction in in the Patreon um, podcast for this game in particular. Yeah, and uh, as Davey mentions that we will have interviews with uh, Mickey Foley, or sorry, with Shawnee McMahon and uh, with Martin McGovern, the, the manager of Kilmainham, after that massive win over uh, Blackhall Gales. We're going to move on now to the next game, and the next game we have down is Waterstown versus St. Pat's. Davey, I went with a St. Pat's win here. I'm sure you can guess that that's wrong. It was St. Pat's 2-11, Waterstown, 121. Huge victory there for Waterstown. I had picked St. Pat's on the premise that both of them were working off smaller, small panels. Uh, Waterstown, you know, maybe 18, 19 lads that were really um, top-notch and St. Pat's something similar. And I just thought that their experience might show through. Last week, I tried to defend my choice. This week, I'm trying to defend my choice. And I'm wrong on both accounts. Yeah, and I am too. I had a draw on this one, Nick, and, um, you know, great win for Waterstown. As you say, they weren't convincing in their first round win against Moyla, but, you know, a big step up in quality and uh, opposition and that. And they raised, you know, they raised the occasion. And at a cost, two red cards, I believe, two straight red cards brandished by Andy Smith. And one of them was to 
Barry O'Connell, who who is of course Martin's youngest, and uh, you know he he's a he's a serious handful, and he will be a massive massive loss. They're going into a winner takes all game against St Michael's next time out, and without him and you know a couple of others, they could be in real trouble. Um, but look, they've done their job. They've got the two wins. That's all they can do, um, and they're just going to have to try and do without Barry and Co for for that massive round three encounter. Yeah, it's, and that that is going to be huge. Martin O'Connell, of course, going home to St. Michael's with his sons playing for Waterstown and managing Waterstown. That's going to be an exciting day against St. Michael's. That one will have to be brought to Park. That one will have to be brought to Crow Park. Feck it. Um, so, uh, moving on now to the next result, St. Michael's versus Moyla. And St. Michael's came away with victory here. 4-14 to Moyla's one goal and nine. Both of us had picked uh, St. Michael's win here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, really good performance from Davy Wright's men in this one. Um, spoke, uh, I was speaking to Davy actually on Friday. He actually called to um, get a lend of my, um, uh, my Your left foot? No, well, no, no. My left leg, it's not in great shape at the minute. But uh, he, he got a lend of my pass to go and have a look at the other game on Friday night. And I was chatting to him, you know, about how things are going. He was a little bit worried about maybe complacency I think it's fair to say he was just worried that the lads might similar maybe to Simonstown take their eye off the ball and start worrying about Waterstown before they get over a mile but that clearly wasn't a factor because they put in um, a really good performance and a good score as well and what that does for them is it gives them an extra out in the last game it means that a draw will be enough against Waterstown to get them through purely because they have the superior score difference now and um that's something which I, I spoke to him in depth about, and he says they would not be taking their foot off the pedal if, you know, they had a five or six point or whatever lead going into the last ten or fifteen minutes of the game, and they clearly didn't. Shane McDonald was supposed to be incredible for them. Um, I think two four two six from centre half forward. He's he's a he's a brilliant player. He really is. And uh, whilst it was Oran Meehan doing the damage last week, it's Shane McDonald this week. Kieran Lynch could do it next week. This is St. Michael's now. They have players who can step up on any given occasion if a player misfires or whatever. So they're in a really strong position um, and they'll fancy the job against Waterstown in round three for a place in the semi-final. Yeah, I'm sure they will. And the next game that we have up on our list is Trim and Drumbara. Both of us went for a Trim win here. 2.15 to Trim. Drumbara, one goal and eight, Davy. And, uh, you know, Drumbara put it up to... Um, uh, Bechtiv last week, you know, and were undone by that late goal and um, just coming up a cropper against probably the informed team in that intermediate championship. Yeah, not the fixture you want, particularly after the way the game finished up against Bechtiv for Drumbara. Um, they are going to be in the relegation playoffs by by the looks of it. Um, unless, of course, they can get a result against Bechtiv in the, in the, or sorry, they've played Bechtiv. So they are, sorry, they are in the relegation playoffs with a game to spare. Um, there was a little bit of fallout, I think, after the Bechtiv game and stuff. So, a bit of unrest in the camp on that. But, by all accounts, I think they rallied in the second half against Trim. It could have been a lot worse than it was at halftime. It didn't look great for them. And they did come back into the game. I think they scored 1-4 without reply. But, look, at Trim, we've come to expect this from them. That 2-15 is generally what they score every game now. You know, they have excellent, excellent forwards, capable of playing senior football. And, in my eyes, they're still the favourites to be the team that goes up to play senior football next year and they'll just carry on. Yeah, they're, they, they really are showing themselves to be in good form at the moment and, you know, steady week on week at the moment and, you know, we'll be looking to push on in that final round or group game. Um, the next game sees uh, Bechtiv and Rat Kenny. 
Well, Kenny, 217, Becht of seven points. I went for a Becht of win here, and that's all I'm going to say. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. I had a rack Kenny win in this one. Again, similar to the Sydney game. Uh, I think it was, I don't know what the score was, but I know Becht of hadn't scored at half time. They got their seven points in the second half, which is just beggar's belief, you know. Um, credit to Rack Kenny. You know, they needed a bit of a response from the last day and it would have been easy to sit around and feel sorry for themselves after that trim game and they realised they probably had to pick up a result or two just to avoid the unthinkable of going into a relegation battle. Uh, I don't think Becht have ever really got going, to be honest with you. I, mean, I was chatting to Killian Riley yesterday after the game and, you know, he says they were pretty poor all over the pitch. Could never seem to get really going and, you know, they found the step up probably from Drumbarrett to, to Rakeni, a very difficult one. And by all accounts, as you say, Mick, they were probably very fortunate to beat uh, Drumbarrett the week previous. So, not really a great deal of a surprise, but they'll be very thankful to have that win against Drumbarrett under their belt now because otherwise they'd be facing the, the playoffs and relegation, yeah. not promotion. <clears throat> yeah, well, look, if Drumbarrett can beat Rakeni uh, on the final day, um, and Trim beat Bechtov. You'll see three teams on two points. Yeah, and true. Down to score score so there is there is still a chance for Drumbara um, uh, to avoid that relegation battle. Um, moving on now to, I think we're moving on now to Senior Championship, Davy. I think that's the intermediate done. Um, and at this stage, uh, I'm a Junior Championship um, uh, uh, guru. But when it comes to intermediate, I got one, two, three, four, five, six wrong in the intermediate championship. I got one wrong in the junior championship, but we're going to move on to the senior and uh, see how I did here. I know I definitely got one wrong anyway. So moving on, St. Colm Kills and Dunshocken. Um, Davey, this was played, I think it was played uh, yesterday evening. St. Colm Kills, two goals and nine. Dunshocken, one goal and ten. 15 points to 13, a two-point win for St. Colm Kills. I had picked a St. Colm Kills win here. I'm nearly sure you had picked a St. Colm Kills win as well. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen enough of them in the, the defeat to Kells to suggest that they'd get a win here. But by all accounts, I don't think they played near as well. But, you know, so, hallmark of a decent side, Mickey, to get a win. And um, they're a team who, whilst they've been in senior three or four years, they haven't had all that many wins in senior championship football. And... Um, Dunshocklin are a seasoned outfit, as you, as you well yeah. know. And, uh, you know, they have that experience. And I believe it wasn't a classic by all means, but they did enough. Their big players probably didn't step up, but they got a goal from young David Bell, um, which set them on their way. And they, they were hanging on towards the end, but I think just about probably deserved it. And that win will, will definitely probably keep them out of, um, of them relegation playoffs now. And whilst they would have, it, it probably was all down to the Kells game, really, in terms of qualification... They'll go into the Dubois game and it's a bit of a free hit now for, for them against Dubois to really test themselves. and You never know what they could do, but they'll be really pleased to get the win in this one. The Chocolate, on the other hand, it doesn't make for pretty reading. No, absolutely not. And they're going to be up against it now in the final day. But going into the other game in that group, it was another kills in this one. It was Gail Column Kill of Kells taking on Dunboyne. And the score here, Davy Gail Column Kill Kells, three goals and eight. Dumboyne, 13 points, 17 points to 13 in favour of Kells. And one of the, uh, I, I wouldn't say shocks of the championship, but, you know, um, it, I did feel last week, I said it on the, uh, on the podcast, if Kells are ever going to beat Dumboyne, it's this year. They've come so close to beating them in so many years. They've been to so many semi-finals and the whole lot. 
And if they could get the win this week against Dunboyne, that'll go a long way to giving them the boost they need in this senior championship. Yeah, well, a lot of people, Mickey, over the years have probably said that for all Kells' success and everything, they haven't got a major scalp in championship football. And, you know, you'd probably have to agree with that to an extent. They've got to semi-finals and they put it up to Dunboyne, they put it up to Simonson, they put it up to Summerhill and Retold, but they've never probably got that massive big scalp. And now they have. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because uh, w- when you say that they haven't got that big scalp, it's usually whoever beats Kells in a quarterfinal or semi-final goes on to win the senior championship, you know? Yeah. Like, so, and it's usually a tight affair where Kells oh, can, yeah. can, can count themselves very unlucky not to have won the game and the team that just about beats Kells goes on to win, and win, to win that senior championship. Now they've taken that big scalp. Yeah, and what they've done is they've got rid of one of the big protagonists in the senior championship now. The Boyne, mm. to the best of my knowledge, cannot qualify. Kells, with a game to spare, are in a semi-final. And that's massive. You know, that is absolutely huge for them. And um, they've, they've, they've got rid of one. I think Simon Sound and Ratoth are going to get rid of one of one or the other. So one of them will probably be gone by two weeks' time. So suddenly you look at it and then Kells are going to be sitting pretty with one of them two and, and two others. So, you know, there's absolutely a great opportunity for them now. Look at Mickey, I was at this. It was, it was a terrific game and the Boyne deserved credit too for the, the part they played in it. They were, they were fantastic at times. There were some brilliant performances, individual performances around the pitch. Ronan Jones for the Boyne was sensational in the middle of the park. Oshin Riley, 2-2 two, two or 2-3, two, like what a performance. Um, but it was just a game that ebbed and flowed and went every which way and uh, it was a pleasure to be there to watch it. I have to say, two of the big hitters going, you know, going hammer and tongue and there was nothing, there was no defensive football. It was just, you know, let's have a go against them and whoever it is that comes out the better, good luck to them. And that's exactly the way it was played, right spirit and everything like that. So, you know, full credit to Kells, massive, massive win for them. Dubois will be disappointed, particularly with the position they got themselves in early on in the game that they couldn't see the job out. But, you know, hats off to Kells. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, brilliant result for Kells. And we will have reaction from the one and only Bino Hanlon and uh, Con Cleary selector with Kells senior team as well on our Patreon service on our um, senior review from the weekend, the senior championship review from the weekend, and don't miss out on that. Moving on to the next game, Rathout versus Screen. Um, this one ended up being Rathout one goal and ten, Screen one goal and five. David, we both went for Rathout here, but, you know, Screen, Screen went out with a game plan, and, you know, they showed that there may be some frailties in that uh, Rathout team. Yeah, well, they got men behind the ball and they made it extremely difficult for Ratoth. And for long periods of that game, they were in a really good position to kick on and probably get the win. Again, I'm going to say they probably lacked a little bit of quality to do that. They got themselves in a winning position, but unfortunately, they maybe just didn't have the personnel to, to see the game out and get that result. And Ratoth, in fairness to them, they're a quality outfit. You know, They were always going to click into gear, probably similar to Kells in round one against Colin Kills. Up to a point, Column Kills did well and Screen did the same. Screen got themselves a goal up at one stage, I think at halftime, 1-4-4. Four to four. But, you know, Ratoth were always going to come out and a goal through Conor Rooney, who has such a habit and a knack of popping up with really important goals. He did in the senior final last year. He's done it again here. Um, and Bryony McMahon, who's playing some, you know, tremendous football. Um, them two really, you know, helped in the scoring sense for Ratoth. They'll know there's a huge performance and 
they won't be under any illusions. They won't be looking at the Simonstown game and saying that Simonstown lost in Auburn, they're, you know, they're this and they're that. They'll be prepping themselves for a serious test in two weeks. And I would expect a serious test from Simonstown. There has to be a sting and a response in them. And they'll still know that a win against Retoth will get them through. You know, it's, it's a straight shootout still, even though Simonstown were bet, I think. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, not, it's not just as simple as that. Um, so if Simonstown were to beat um, Retoth on the final day, Simonstown would need um, Screen to beat Knobber so that it was only two teams on four points and then Simonstown would have the head-to-head. But then if Knobber beat Screen on the final day and Simonstown beat Rathout, you'll have three teams on four points and it'll come down to score difference and Rathout uh, will have the highest score difference after their huge win over Knobber the first day. So it's... Look, it's still there. You know, there's still a big chance and it's still, there's, there's still a chance for three teams to actually win because if Nobber were to get a, a huge win over screen, they, would, might, they, they might be able to go through. So, you know, it's, it, it, that, that, that group really is interesting. It's still wide open. The only thing is, is that screen are not going to qualify and, you know, screen are probably staring down the barrel of a gun there for relegation. For the first time in 78 years, um, you know, screen have never been, haven't been intermediate in 78 years. So it'd be absolutely unthinkable for screen to go into a relegation battle. But they will have a chance to redeem themselves yeah. against Nobber. Um, yeah, a, win, a win will do them there. Exactly, a win will do them. And then if Simonston were to beat Rathold, they'd have the head-to-head on Rathold. So yeah, kind of a, a shootout in some ways. We're going on to the next game, and it was Simonston against Nobber. And uh, this game didn't go the way of, that many people would have thought. We were speaking about this off-air, Davey. Nobber, 216, Simonstown, 20 points. But what we were talking about was, I wonder, did anybody on the predictions pick Nobber to beat Simonstown? Well, I'll have a look through. Um, I've had a brief look through. So, so there's people that do sheets, and some people just mark them because they like the name of the club or they like, like the place. So there is a few people who have picked Nobber. Um, now, I will have a look through the online and particularly the good ones to see who picked who, but as you well know, you've been playing the prediction game for long enough, Mickey. The max we offer anyone is five points. I would suggest we could have offered Nobber 10 points and no one still would have picked them, to be honest yeah. with you. So, yeah. you know, kudos to them. Simonstown, I think, as short as one to 50 with the bookmakers. So put 50 euro on, get 51 back. That's, that's what you were talking about. You know, <laughs> remarkable stuff. And you, you termed it earlier, the biggest upset in senior history in me. I'd go along with that. I can't think as long as I'm watching senior football, well, I said, I do a bigger stuff than that. Yeah. I said in the last 15 or 20 years, um, probably the biggest, but you could be right. It could be even bigger than that. It could be even longer. I got a phone call on the Simonson game was on Friday evening, wasn't it? Uh, I got a phone call on Friday afternoon. A friend of mine rang me and he said, are Simonson going to beat Nobber? Uh, he, he rang me and he, I says, uh, come here, I'll ring you back because I'm busy. And he goes, no, 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 very quickly, are Simonson going to beat Nobber? And I went, yeah, of course they are. Not a hope of them losing. Not a hope. And he goes, grand, I'm going to put them into a big accumulator. Luckily enough, I text him that night. He hadn't time to put on the accumulator. <laughs> he was going to put some big money on an accumulator of favourites. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, massive, massive shock. But well done to Nobber, as we said. We've talked about that one for long enough. We're going to move on now. The next game on the weekend was Nafina versus Amatlis. This was on Saturday. 
in trim. And it was Nafina who came away with the victory here, Davy. 312 to Navano Matney's 11 points. I had picked a Nafina win here. I think you had too. Yeah, I did, Mickey. And um, look at Navano Matney's and no look whatsoever. They lost their whole half back line in the first 10 minutes through injury. Um, Cormac McGuinness, James Riley, and uh, Gary O'Brien all departing through injury in the first 10 minutes. Like, you couldn't make it up. Um, but in fairness, I, I was impressed with Nafina in spells. I thought they were good. Um, and I thought Avon and were really, really poor. And, you know, I definitely have a concern over them in terms of relegation. Again, that's unthinkable. But that's where they're at at the minute, unfortunately. And, you know, we did speculate that this was going to be an overnight. This wasn't going to be an overnight job for Davy Nelson, unfortunately. It's a long-term project. Some of the older players are gradually moving on. Some of the newer players are trying to come in and it's going to take a little bit of time. Kevin Riley was back in the fold for them as well. So, And they will need all of those experienced heads to get out of trouble. You know, make no mistake about it, Mick. But, um, you know, credit to Nafina. They were disappointed with their first-round performance against Sensionstown. But they came out and, and gave a good, good account of themselves. We spoke to Mickey Foley after. We'll hear him on the Patreon service. Um, he's looking forward to the next day out. And they still, I think, have a have an outside chance of qualification as well. So they'll take that going into the last round. Yeah, they will indeed. And uh, uh, Nafina getting the win there. Nice value as well at four points as well, Dave, you have to say. But yeah. those four points were no good to me in the end. Dunmore Ashburn against Centristown was the next game. And it was Dunmore Ashburn who came away with the victory here in the local derby. 2-13 to Centralstown's 1-8. Uh, Centralstown off the back of that great win uh, the week beforehand. Um, you know, not able to back it up. A young team in Centralstown, and I'm sure they'll be back. And we're going to see a lot of them over the next few years. Yeah, disappointed. And consistency is going to be the big thing with Centralstown. You know, as you say, a young team. So that's probably to be expected. They're going to have these sort of dips in performance up and down. Um, and it's going to be finding that consistency. But, you know, full credit to Dunhamer Ashburn. Um, backing up the win against Navin and in round one with a win in, in round two. I believe first half was decent. Second half was supposed to be a, a, a woeful affair by all accounts. Yeah. And there was something like 26 minutes of injury time played throughout the game as well. Oh. So the poor supporters and, and media and everything that had to sit through that, God help them. Thankfully, I wasn't one of them. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, good win for Ashburn. They'll know that there's a big test ahead in round three if they are to get through, but they've put themselves in a really healthy position going into that final game. They have indeed. And uh, I think, uh, who, who do Dunhamer Ashburn face off against in the last day? Nafina. Nafina. And uh, it's probably going to be a shootout. The winner there probably making it through to uh, the, the, the semi-finals. Moving on now, to, we, we both had picked Dunhamer Ashburn there, David, yeah? You had done yeah. yeah. Moving on now to the next game, and that was Summerhill and Wolf Tones. And uh, this one uh, ended up being Summerhill, two goals and six. Wolf Tones, 10 points. Very, very low scoring game, it has to be said. Only 18 scores. But the two vital ones, the two goals, goals win games. And Summerhill won it by two points with those two goals. Davy, I know you picked Wolf Tones here, and I know I picked Summerhill. Yeah, yeah, no, I did, to be fair. Um, and I was pretty happy with my prediction for the vast majority of the game. Wolf Tones yeah. went out right up to the probably the last five, ten minutes of the game. And Johnny Lavelle struck for a crucial second goal. And uh, that just about got Summerhill out of jail. And again, probably similar to the Manalvi game. They're not going to pull up any trees with these performances now. Granted, they're picking up the results, but there's going to come a time where they're going to have to play better football and they're going to play better teams as well. A um, little bit disappointed about Wolf Tones just that they didn't probably 
considering how good their win was against Curahan, scoreline they put up in round one, that they didn't come out and play a little bit better and get a bigger score on the board. But, you know, Summerhill doing their job professional, probably they are experienced in outfit at this stage. They were able to call on David Dalton and Kevin Ryan off the bench, who you'd imagine maybe fit to start the final round game now. But, you know, good win for them. Um, but they'll know there's big tests lying ahead. Yeah, they will indeed. And uh, in the final game, it was Minalvi taking on Curaha. Minalvi winning this 5-10 to Curaha's 4-8. A five-point win in a huge scoring game. Uh, in fairness, 25 points to 20. And uh, I picked the Minalvi win here, Davy, and I think you had as well. No, I had a Curaha win, Mickey. Yeah, had a Curaha win. Oh my god! Did um, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. Oh yes, the injuries, the injuries. You you thought with the injuries to uh, to the Minaldi lads that uh, you know Curaha going in full strength might have just have enough for them. Yeah, and by all accounts, they sounded like they should have. They were nine points up at one stage in the second half, and uh, David Coyle was shown a straight red card for Curaha, and it started to go. Up. A bit astray after that, and you know the goals. Like, what, how many goals was there? Eight goals. Five. Yeah, eight goals, and then nine goals in the game. Nine goals in the game. Like, what? What scoring? But Manalvi's goals were so well timed as well, and they really left it late to one by five points. But this wasn't a five-point game going into injury time. They were level pegging and killing O'Sullivan. Um, I got a goal, and then Kieran Harnan got a got a late goal then to really seal and rubber stamp the win for them. But it sounded like a cracking encounter. Sounded as if Curaha will be kicking themselves a little bit too. They sounded like they threw it away, but you know, full credit to Manalvi. I did worry about them with the likes of the Harnins out injured, but they've got that win that should solidify their place in the senior championship for at least another year. Yeah, and Curaha will have it all to do in the last day against Summerhill um, if they want to secure their uh, senior status, but it's not going to be an easy one. Um, all to be played for in the last round, uh, round three games of the Mead Senior Championship. Davey, looking at it now, in the senior, I got one wrong, Nobber against Simonson. <laughs> in the junior, I got one wrong, and it was Minalti against Slane. But by God, it went horrendously wrong for me in the intermediate. Yeah, I think mine were more evenly matched across the three um, grades, but somehow, Mickey, I did manage to just about outscore you on the week as well. Like, Ended up with 39 points to your 37. Neither of us will be going and shouting from rooftops about those particular scores. But uh, the I'll, I'll give you the overall table then as a whole. So Owen Griffin from Clannagale just about managing to maintain his lead at the top. He's joined by Shane McNiff on 97 points. Shane had a great uh, round two with 56 points. So two lads there. And then in joint second, Jamie Coslow and Tommy Owens with 91 apiece. Jamie Flatterty who was the standout performer this week. He got 57 points, Mickey. The only two results he got wrong were the Nobber one and the Black Hall one. They were the only two games he didn't predict right this week. So he could be in a shout with winning the overall title. So we'll we'll see on that. But he's definitely top of the We Are Mead League in terms of weekly standings. And he's put himself back in the picture. Then you have Shane Mulvaney, 89. Michael Fedigal, 88. Myself with 87. Alan Tormey making a move as well on 85. David Campbell, 82. Susan Farrell and Andrew Smith, 81 apiece. Robert Perfield and Mag, 79 apiece. Tom O'Connor, 77. Mickey, we're getting to you. Horace yeah, Boyle, 73. Sorry, Dave, we have to move on now, so we do. You know, we're nearly just... there. We're nearly there, I promise. <laughs> uh, there's you, Mickey, with 68 after your two rounds. And you're just uh, above your clubmate, um, 
Gary Alder, who's yeah. just below you, Gary. 48. And then the three or four lads below that have only played one of the weeks. You have Owen Allen, Richie Quigley, who in fairness didn't play week one. He actually got in touch with me and he said he was on holidays. Forgot to play week one, but could he be added into round two? And I says, no problem, Richie. I says, you may well catch Mickey Brennan. So he says, feck it, throw me in. He said, <laughs> so Richie got 38. Yeah, he'll need to do a lot better in the final round if he's going to catch a Mickey. Leo Weldon's on 35 and Ronan Lynch from Minolte, bottom of the pile with 30. So that's the We Are Mead uh, standing. So as you can see, all to play for in the last week. So we have one more week of predictions left. You can get them in now. I think the round three lines are definitely open around now. Uh, it's www.gapredictions.com and uh, another 150 quid up for grabs. We will be announcing the results whenever I get a chance to crack, probably tomorrow or Tuesday at some stage. We've just a lot going on, Mickey Brennan. <laughs> we do indeed, absolutely. That's for sure. We've got a lot of uh, uh, podcasts to get done for this week. It's great. So much football on at the moment and uh, we're looking forward to absolutely throwing them out this week. There's, we've already got one done with Fergal Harney from the ladies, uh, the LGFA in Mead, the chairperson of the LGFA. We did one with him earlier on. That's gone out. We've got one done with the PRO from the Camogie. We have the We Are Mead one that we're doing right now. We've got our Patreon podcast to go out. We've got our proactive risk control player of the week and team of the week to do as well. Davey, do, do, do we have any do, like do we have any time to do our real jobs as well? Like, <laughs> don't tell our bosses. No, no, you said it. <laughs> Come here, we're going to move on because we are uh, strapped for time with all the podcasts that we've got to get done this week. So we are going to move on now to the key pack. Ladies uh, Junior Championship and the results and tables as stands after round two. So in Group A of the Keepak Mead LGFA Junior A Championship, it was Dulik Bellustown 3-5. It was Clonmagale 1-11. It was a draw in that game. Simonson B team was five points against Waterstown's three goals and 24. That leaves the table looking like this in the Junior A Championship. Waterstown on six points after two games. Clonmagale on four points. Uh, Jalique Bellustown on one point. And Simonson B's on zero points. Uh, in Group B of the Junior A, uh, there's only three teams in this. So Moila had a boy and a boy, a boy, a boy. <laughs> and St. Pat's. Uh, we're taking on screen. It was 2-14 to four goals and eight. Another draw, and that left the table looking like this. It's St. Pat's on four points, screen on one point, and Myla on minus three from their initial game, which was against screen, so, uh, or against um, St. Pat's. So uh, the last game in that group, we'll see screen taking on Myla, and uh, again, it's a shootout between screen and Myla for a semi-final spot. Top two in each of the groups go through to a semi-final. There's two groups in each championship. Davey, did you see any of the results from the junior championship, uh, the ladies' junior championship during the week on Friday? No, nothing that came through. Do you want me to have a quick uh, quick well, go on Facebook to see if there's anything, Mickey? That was them that I just did. I was just wondering if you heard that from. No, nothing in particular. Just looking at the senior results, I suppose, a couple of eye-catching results, I think. Which will be, yeah, we'll be coming to the senior ones now in a moment, so we will. I'm just going to run through the intermediate championship, the Keepak Intermediate uh, Ladies Gaelic Football Championship Group A, Royal Gales 315, Rathote 4 goals and 3, Dunsany 4 goals and 11, and St. Column Kills 
four goals and nine, and that leaves Group A looking like this. It's Royal Gales on six points after two games. Toth and Dunsany on two points, uh, or sorry, on three points each after two games. And it's St. Column Kills at the bottom of that on zero points. Then in Group B of the Intermediate, St. Dalton's 2.15, Navin O'Matney's 5.12, D-Ranger 17 points, Summerhill 7 points. And if you look, Davy at uh, the Intermediate Championship, between the four games, we had 7, 15, 20, 22 goals uh, in four games, Davy, which is which is quite remarkable and just shows you how entertaining these games can be. Yeah, no, it is. It's incredible football. And again, probably similar to some of the games we've seen in the lads this weekend, there was, you know, free-flowing football. There's no sweepers or anything like that. And it's really great to watch. Um, from my own club's perspective, St. Ulton's ladies are in real trouble now. They're they're facing another relegation battle, having re- been relegated from senior football last year. I suppose it would be um, unthinkable for them to drop down to junior, but that's what's staring them right in the face now after that Summerhill um result or sorry that Navin O'Mahony's result as a result of being beaten by Summerhill last week so two defeats for them and they have a real uphill battle ahead of them to try and avoid that um you know only a couple of years ago they were winning senior championships it just shows how quickly things can change and um hopefully they get out of jail but um you know they have a big task ahead of them yeah did uh, do they have to play Summerhill in the last game or is it D Rangers they played D Rangers they played Summerhill and Navin O'Mahony so far Okay, well, so there is, is, they played Summerhill and Navin O'Matneys. So effectively, it looks like they are going to be going into the relegation battle, Davey, yeah. because uh, Summerhill will have the head-to-head on them. And uh, that table looks like this. It's D-Rangers and Navin O'Matneys on four points after two games. Summerhill on three points. And St. Dalton's, as we said already, on zero points. So it's all to play for between the uh, D-Rangers, Navin O'Matneys and Summerhill for the semi-final spots in the last group games, which take place Next Friday, the 22nd um, uh, of August, we are going to move on now to the Senior Championship, which Davey was so eagerly uh, ready to speak about. And we're going to go in here now and look at the results from Keepak Mid LGFA Senior Championship Group A, round two results. Centralstown, three goals and nine. Simonstown, four goals and ten. Dumboyne, nine goals and 18. St. Michael's eight points with the table looking like this. It's Dumboyne on six points um, after two games, having beaten Simonstown and St. Michael's. It is Simonstown in second place with three points. Centralstown joint second with three points. And then bottom of the table is St. Michael's with four points. And Davy, you know, absolutely uh, incredible result there for Dumboyne with Emma Duggan scoring five goals and ten points. Like, <laughs> I think she was the highest scorer over the weekend by a single point. Um, actually, there was only one person who came close to her. Yeah, I was just going to say Stephen Baxter may get another voucher ready for her because that's uh, that's incredible shooting. But she's she's a sicko, like she's a freak. Um, and you the minor freak. You know, she's still minor this year as well. Mm. Like yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just incredible. Like. Dumboyne have, as if the result against Simonstown last week wasn't enough of a, a statement of intent, I suppose, what they're after doing to St. Michael's, who are a decent team, let's be honest mm-hmm. about it. You know, they're not a bad side. They're a young side, and to, to, to do a demolition job like that on them is just, who's going to get near them? And I, and I really mean that. Like, and they could definitely, they won't be taking their eyes off Mead, but like, if and when they get to the chance, 
maybe it won't be this year with thing, the way things are, but there's definitely the scope for them to go and do something like what Fox Rock Cabantilli have done in recent years and maybe dominate Leinster. Because as you say, it's not just them and Duggan. They have such a young team in general. There's mm-hmm. every chance they could go and dominate me than Leinster for a number of years. Yeah, and there is a Leinster Championship as well. It, um, it kicks off the okay. week after the, the um, club championship final uh, in, in, in all grades, junior, intermediate and senior. Very good. Um, there will be Leinster Championships this year as well. And then when the Leinster Championship, I think it's the first round is played and the semi-finals will be played just before the inter-county starts. And then the finals will be played after Christmas. But look, as we said, absolutely brilliant. Dumboyne sitting pretty on six points. Full complement after their two games. St. Michael's in a little bit of bother down the bottom. In Group B of the Ladies Senior Championship, the Keypack Ladies Senior Championship, it was Oldcastle 2-7, Boards Mill 13 points, a draw. Nafina 1-7, Dunamore Ashburn 2-9. Five-point win there for Dunamore Ashburn. And Davey, when you look at this group, this group was much more evenly matched, I suppose. Um, with three of the big hitters in uh, in Group A. Okay, last year last year's winners, Simonson. Last year's beaten finalists, uh, Dunboyne. And, like, you know, the kingpins of ladies football in Mead, Centralson, who haven't gone away. You can see that from the result against Simonson. Four-point win for Simonson. So, Group B looks like a much more rounded uh, group and that anybody could have won this group. Yeah, well, it'll give opportunities to other teams and that's probably the beauty of it too. In one sense, the, the, they'll come out of it and, you know, you'll probably have a Dunboyne or a Simonstown wait in the wings in the semi-finals. To be honest with you, that is the most likely outcome. They will probably still advance from that, that other group and play them. Um, and you'd imagine if it goes to script that, you know, you will have a Simonson and Dunboyne final repeated last year. But absolutely, there's a great opportunity for two of those teams to come out of it and get to a semi-final spot at least. And I would suggest get to bonus territory. And what I mean by that is they'll go into them semi-finals, be it against Simonstown, Dunboyne or Sensen or whoever it is, and they'll have a chance. You know, and that's all that they could probably really ask for at this stage. So, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting last, um, last set of games in that group. Yeah, as we said, the last round of games will take place on Friday the 22nd. Get out and support uh, your local ladies' football teams because the, the entertainment you get from these games is absolutely second to none. And uh, the quality uh, uh, of, of players in Mead is really on the rise and uh, well worth getting out there and following them. So thanks a million to Fergal Harney for all the information from uh, the ladies, the Keepback Ladies Junior Intermediate and senior championships. Davey, we're going to move on now and uh, I think uh, the next thing to do is probably the Instagram Interactive. Was there even anybody in touch with you on Instagram uh, this week? Uh, do you know what, um, Mickey, the amount of Instagram Interactive we've we've got is just, <laughs> we could do a podcast on its own, it could be about an hour long. So, uh, before we do, I just want to mention a couple of results in the Camogie. There was the Camogie Championship started um, tonight. Tonight, most, yeah. the, most of the games are going to be uh, on Tuesday night, but there was a couple of tonight. And the first one was a really low-scoring game between Dundry and Blackhall Gales. That took place in Dundry this evening. And Dundry emerged victorious on a scoreline of eight points to five. So, you know, really, really low-scoring, particularly in Camogie, you know. So, 
Um, good win for Dunry. I think Blackall Gales would be disappointed with that one because I think they were well prepped and you know the likes of Jane Dolan and Christina Troy too, the county players in there as well. So they'll be disappointed with that one. The rest of the games I think are all all maybe bar one are taking place on Tuesday night. We do have a preview coming up with Kieran Devaney as well, who is the PRO for the Meek Camogie. So um, that'll be released, I think, in the next day or two, Mick, and, and Kieran will go into a bit more detail about um, who and what uh, is playing, and we have previews and everything like that. So looking forward to that one. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll hopefully have that released on Monday morning, and if not, it'll be Monday evening, but uh, it will be out before Tuesday, and anybody who wants to hear the preview of the Camogie will be able to do so there. Um, David, we'll move on now to our Instagram interactive meeting. Mickey, I don't even know where to start with this, but um, okay, let, let me just get the first one up. Um, right, let's do this. Stephen struggling to load. I think there's that many coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I need to cut them off one apiece, lads. Um, I know what you. you know, cu- I know what you need to cut off. You dirty devil! You. <laughs> Jesus uh, right um, and as you know I've been having trouble with my internet tonight so these these are actually struggling to load right oh well um, uh, I know that you you did mention uh, one of the things that you uh, got from Instagram was a question about why the Simonstown Junior C game was called off this evening and uh, I do have a statement there that came out from Simonstown Gales um, a decision has been made to suspend all GA activities at Simonson GFC for 48 hours as a result of one of the adult players um, testing positive or an adult member, uh, panel member, uh, testing positive to COVID-19. All GA and HSE guidelines have been followed and we await further advice from the HSE team. We ask all our members, players and coaches to maintain vigilance in the battle against COVID-19. So we're waiting on... Uh, uh, Details uh, to emerge from that. What Simonson are going to do? They're waiting on HSE guidelines, so you know they're doing everything by the book um, and adhering to what is well, what everybody has to adhere to at this stage. You know, so it's happened before. We saw it in Ballinabracky, and we've seen it in clubs down the country. So they just have to do use all the precautions that they can. Are you yeah, ready to rock, Davy? I am indeed. I've got them up eventually. We wish that player well. Hopefully, it's um, you know he makes a full recovery and everything like that. And um, you know Simon's time will be back to to work on order very soon. Um, so first one up is from Jordy Morris, one of the heroes for Retoth on Friday night, and he says dot dot dot. Hurt was a game. He he was a hero for who on Friday night? For definitely, yeah, because he said Retoth. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of Brian Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Jordy doesn't follow in his footsteps, but Jordy just says, heard there was a game in Castletown. That's all he said. Uh, there was. Um, I'd say there was more than one game in, in Castletown over the weekend, but uh, yeah, no, fair play, Jordy, and uh, well-deserved. You can't take it away from them, and I think we've said enough on that game so far. <laughs> I think we have. We agreed we wouldn't talk about that in too much depth. Uh, Jack Swan, he said, screen giving her a total run for their money. Yeah, we talked about that as well. They got numbers back and, uh, you know, as you said, at one stage they were they were in the ascendancy and they were in a position to go on and win the game. Probably lacked a little bit of adventure um, and, you know, Rathout's experience shone through in the end. Mm. Jack Regan, uh, Kiltaila, Mead Senior Hurler getting in touch and he says, Ross Ryan is blonde again, but looks to be carrying weight. 
Oh, and, um, and Ross Ryan actually got in touch with us to wonder who that was, and he guessed Gavin McCoy. And I says, "No," he said it was Jaxie Regan. And then he texts back and he says, "Jaxie Regan says it wasn't him, but I can confirm it is in black and white and coloured there that Jaxie Regan did indeed send that message in." <laughs> or else somebody stole his phone. That's what I'd go with. If I were you, Jaxie, okay. someone stole your phone. It'll tail train. It'll be interesting on Tuesday night, though. <laughs> it will when when there's a blonde running around the field. Carrying a bit of weight. <laughs> uh, James Trainer, he says the chocolate should have bet column kills, just didn't take their chances. Yeah, um, you know, like again, the same old story from Dunchockton. They could have beaten Simon's Town last year's quarter final of the championship as well. Um, had they taken their chances. And uh, look, it's a rebuilding, they, they have to take the positives from it. You know, Dunchockton are rebuilding at the moment. and I've no doubt that they're going to become a powerhouse once again in mead football in the not too distant future. Mm. Two regarding the Blackhall Gales and Kilmainham game, one from Luke Jennings and the other one from Michael Hoey, and that says Kilmainham beating Blackhall Gales, and the other one just says Blackhall Gales versus Kilmainham. So they're two of the big talk up points that the lads are saying. Yeah, you take on that one, Davy. Yeah, well, look, we'll, as I said, Mickey, we'll have, a, we'll have a full roundup in our Patreon podcast on the Intermediate. But as I say, fantastic win for Kilmainham. They didn't win a game last year in the, in the Intermediate Championship. And they've won four games in League and Championship this year. So, you know, kudos to them. And uh, they're in the semi-final. What an achievement for them. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, Sean O'Cassidy, he says, um, obviously on what you've touched on, Simon Sennon's screen game off, which was meant to be the Premier Championship this evening. That game was obviously called off late on with the confirmed case of COVID-19 in Simon's death. Yep, that's, that's that done. Uh, Conor McGovern, he says, Ryan McNamee dominating junior seed this morning for Clannagale. Oh, look, um, Ryan McNamee is, is going to dominate all of the club championships. He's just in the Junior C Championship at the moment. Once he goes up to the next level, he's just going to be one of those players that's going to dominate wherever he goes. Yeah, um, and a player that has played first team but clearly isn't involved at the minute, which is an interesting one. Um, Harry Dean says, Mark Devlin putting on a show for Simonstown. Um, I, 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 this must have been for the Junior B team. Um I don't think Mark Devlin was playing for the seniors on, on, no. on Friday night. So um, I'll have to find out that now. So, well, I didn't hear anything from the second team result. Interesting one. Adam McDonald says, Ross Ryan's hair is terrible. Slim, shady, wannabe, a poser, a great baller, though. <laughs> well, look, you know, when, you, when, you've got, when you do something like that to your hair, you have to be able to back it up. And I suppose they mm. backed it up with the win over, over Wolf Tones. Uh, in, in, in not too easy in tricky circumstances so you know I, I'll give him I'll give him that one I've, I've had my hair bl- blonded a few times before dear um, Tommy <laughs> Carpenter says Frank Carthy looking for a transfer to Tunsany after not getting on today for screen <laughs> well he's going to find it hard to get into that uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> so we will, after the scoreline they put up on the weekend I don't think they'll be looking for anybody to join the team 9.23 God yeah uh, Mark Slevin is the next to get in touch and he says no sign of Evan Mullally for Nafina heard he's following up on his singing career I'm not sure what that's about yeah, well, we'll have to delve into that one. Um, did he join a boy band or something? Um, we'll have to figure that one out. 
uh, Evan Daly. He says, Nicky Judge's knees are still going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving Nicky Judge's knees. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, it's just so random, but it's just a fixture. Um, no, just, I wonder if PS Tapes stole his phone. Because that's yeah, something because P.S. Tapes, I know he's busy enough with his own podcast, but so far, we'll give him another few minutes because there's a good few of these still to get through, but there's still no sign of P.S. Tapes coming in. Yeah, I'm not texting him this week. Look, I know he's, he's flat out with his own podcast, um, and uh, we will tell everybody the name of the podcast later on and tell them to get involved and, 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 and give him a bit of support. Mm. Mark Condry says, Nobber for the senior championship. I say split Nobber in two. <laughs> I see O'Rourke says that as well over the weekend too <laughs> a parody O'Rourke albeit um, Brendan Byrne not sure what this one is about but he says the commentator must have said don't about 600 times during the Dunham or Ashburn versus Sanchez time game were you, on, were, were you on commentary there? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't repeat myself that many times. I'm not so, in the habit of repeating myself, as Mrs. Gilhooley says in Kill so, Scully. <laughs> so there must have been the odd don't in the Dunhamore Ashburn game, is what he's saying. Don't, don't. Another fill in with a don't, and another fill in. We'll, with have, a to, don't. we'll have to come to the bottom of who was on that game. Interesting. Yeah, that. yeah absolutely. Um, Hannah Ryan, uh, talking about her boyfriend, Kevin Ryan, possibly looking for a switch from Summerhill to Dunshockland. Um, and Kevin has since been in touch to say he can categorically deny those rumours. So Hannah Ryan. Hannah Ryan. Hannah, yeah. And she is... <laughs> yeah, they're girl, not related. They're not related. Of, no, 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 no. <laughs> hang on. Is she from Summerhill? <laughs> Mickey, this is not this podcast. We cannot go into this kind of thing now. <laughs> is, she, is she from Summerhill as well? No, she's from the chocolate. Oh, okay. Okay, no, I'll, I'll allow that, yeah. And I'm she sure was, they've done the research, like, you know... Well, you know, I think they should do a little bit more. <laughs> I can't be dealing with this. Um, <laughs> the, the username that just is too long to pronounce, but just said St. Vincent's win. We've already talked about that, so we won't go back on it. Um, oh, no, 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 we one, no, we won't. Um, well, you, but we're after going over the Simonstown uh, Nobber game again. Yeah, so, but that was an like, exceptional I, result. Oh, all right, and St. Vincent's hammer and car. Yeah, I suppose it wasn't an exceptional result. Move on, sir. Touche. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Um, the next one, I'm, I'm just trying to find them. There's actually so many of these, Mickey. This is ridiculous. Uh, we're going to be up here till, till all hours. Uh, Cormac Gilston, he says, Manalvi can be serious contenders if they're working together next year. Um, yeah, and without injuries, you know, Moidalvi are a very exciting team. There's no doubt about it. Um, Liam Riley says, Beck have not been able to field a team in Division 6. Sort it out. Um, I hope the COVID didn't travel out from Simonstown to Beck. Um, that's all I'll say. Uh, Robert Purfield, who I know was enjoying the coverage we were bringing during the weekend. Um, and thanks for your nice message of uh, encouragement, Rob. But Rob got in touch to say, Oshin Riley in with a good chance of Player of the Week this week. Yeah, well, look, there was a couple of good performances throughout the championship. You know, Emma Duggan with 5'10 for Dumbine. Um <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't extend to the ladies just yet. But um, yeah, there's there's a couple of young fox there from Dunsany scoring 2'12, I think. And look, I think it was 4'12. 4'12. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, 4'12. Yeah, so 
like we'll we, we'll have to have a look through. But um, yeah, great nomination, and and he did have a great game for for Kells. Yeah, uh, Jack Cottrell Dunsany's forty-four point win. It was actually forty-five, Jack. But yeah, yeah, ah, a point here and there. Who minds? You know, like uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, Dave, yeah, happy enough was, to move on. No, I was just going to say, like you know, I know it was they were up against a side that 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 you know they were they were expected to beat. But that is that's a that's a huge statement of of intent at the same time from from Dunsany and Niall. Uh, Niall Flynn yeah um, Niall Flynn the manager like yes yeah uh, David Finn says pitch not marked out in Summerhill for the intermediate championship game between Ballon Blackie and Sidden yeah I think uh, we'll have to uh, uh, maybe Kevin Ryan is the person who who, who who marks the pitch over there but he spent too much time in Dunjotland maybe that's what happened would be Connor Fenton. He says Rory shoots wonder strike, and I believe Rory shoots cornerback for Clannagale got up and got the crucial second goal for Clannagale in the intermediate game against Longwood this evening. Excellent. Um, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of cornerback scoring goals myself, but when they do get up there and they do it and they do it right, um, if there wasn't a better option, as in if there wasn't somebody standing there waiting for a tap in um, mm. and he blasted it into the net, well done. Uh, and that's not the last of the Rory Chute. Uh, there's actually three or four more to come. Uh, Michael Tiernan, he says, Rory Chute bursting the ball with the last minute rocket into the back of the net. O Griffith saying, Rory Chute be the only Chute that's able to actually score a goal. <laughs> Paul Chute saying, Rory Chute, that's all. Um, <laughs> there's loads here. But anyway, you get the message, Rory Chute is the yeah. toast of Clannagale this evening. I think I think there should be an appreciation, a Facebook appreciation page for Rory Chute after that, um, and there probably will be. By don't Monday. give these lads encouragement; they actually don't need it, Mickey. I'm, you know, um, Kyle Kane says, "How is Ushin Riley not on the county?" Um, there is no county team at the minute, so until the end of the club championship, he might be on the club on, on the mead team by then. So, um, look. He's a quality player, and if if he was able to back up the performance he had this weekend, week on week, there's no doubt about it. He'd be on the main team. We got carry on with the Ushin Riley trend. Fionn Smith is next up, and he says Ushin Riley best player in the county by a mile. Yeah, at the moment you'd probably have to agree with him and say that he is. He's flying. He's uh, that's two weeks in a row. He's the informed player. Um, mm. Yeah. Sean Thornton, no Kells player on the county is the joke. Um, I don't find it funny to be honest with you, but anyway. Okay, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> like that from you, Brennan. That's your best one tonight. Uh, uh, Kevin Swords, he says, Dean Pluck, the next Rory Began. Um, why? Uh, I'd say because he's a very good goalkeeper. Ex me, minor goalkeeper. Got his chance for Malnabracky this weekend in the absence of the resident goalkeeper who. Uh, was missing. I won't say too much more on the matter, but Dean Pluck, an excellent deputy, to come in and take his place. So, um, yeah. Did he? Did, did he kick a few? He probably kicked a few frees, forty fives or sixty fives, something similar to Rory Began. But uh, hmm. we'll have to have a look at that one now. Jelly, the the one and only, the real Jelly. He says, "Did Peter Duffy get a chicken fillet roll after the win in Enfield this morning?" And Peter Duffy has been in touch to confirm that he did indeed get a chicken roll on his way home from Enfield this morning. Good man, uh, and I'm delighted that we can confirm that he did get the chicken roll and uh, 
at this stage, I, I hope it was a diet chicken roll because he's starting to he's starting to pile on the pounds there. So he is young Duffy, and I'll have to get on to his father Kevin now and just tell him to put him on a bit of a diet or something. Ronan Thornton saying Sidden actually been considered a good team this year. Wow. Yeah, I uh, maybe he's getting a dig at me. I thought Sidden were excellent um, value for for the win the first day. Um, but against Oldcastle, but obviously they came up a cropper this week, and maybe maybe um, Sidden were were, were were looking through the same eyes as Simonson were this week, and just thought they had to turn up against Bandabraki. I know I'm sure they didn't, but I'm sure they were on a high after last week, and uh, they've been taken back down to earth fairly quickly, and um, with that result against Bandabraki. Absolutely, Mick. Dara Connell is the next one to get in touch, and he says, "Beck Saney to win a champo." Oh dear. Oh, oh. Now, actually, I tell you what this is. This is minor championship. So he's talking about Becht of Dunsany, who yes. are amalgamated at minor level to win a championship. Ah. I thought that was a dig at Dunsany to say that they've taken a load of Becht of players or something, and that's how. But no, it took me a second, but thankfully we've established that. Well, uh, I, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> For his sake. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Darren Brady says, "Did Owen Goff have a ha- <laughs> did Owen Goff have a, ha- a can of Heineken for breakfast?" <laughs> I, I, I I can neither confirm nor deny um, whether he did or not. But uh, uh, Darren Brady, um, did you have a couple of hand- cans of Heineken for breakfast last week before you went out to play against Kenston? Um, (laughs) okay you know the crack Um, (laughs) Kyle McAvoy said Sean Conlon not scoring again is that a concern Mickey? Um, is it a it's a concern for Sean maybe Um, is it a concern for me? Um, not really Um, but uh, this must be the junior game um, that was played uh, that Simonson played in over the weekend but Sean Conlon doesn't need to score he plays midfield you know Okay, and if he chips in with a couple of scores, it's nice to see them. But, you know, um, there's lads up on the forward line. And I think Kyle McAvoy, if I, if I remember correctly, is a forward. He shouldn't be worrying about Sean Condon scoring or not. He should be worrying about himself scoring. Yeah, no, uh, hmm. true. Um, Tom O'Connor, uh, good to hear from you, Tom. He says, goals galore in the Manalvi versus Curaha game. And some absolute beauts of goals as well. I know his cousin Jack O'Connor scored, I think, the pick of them. Um from from a crazy angle after nearly skinning three or four lads. I just heard that from Larry McAtee at the game this evening. So uh, it sounded like a great game to be at to watch uh, goals, a real goal fest by all accounts. Yeah, nine goals in that game, if I remember correctly, five and four. Um, yeah, five goals and ten to four goals and eight. So 12, 27 scores and uh, one third of them were goals. So yeah, I'd say that was a cracking game to be at. Joe McWheeney says, Kells finally got their big championship scalp in a knockout game off their back. So I suppose Joe was disappointed this evening. He's a good Dunboyne man, but he recognises how big a win that was for Kells this evening. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in fairness, you know, they've, they've, they know an awful lot about each other, um, Dunboyne and, uh, and, and, and Kells. And I know that the Dunboyne lads will not, will not begrudge Kells their win because they've had some great battles over the last few years. Wine will be bitterly disappointed, but they won't begrudge Kells that win. And, and, and well done to Kells. 
Yeah, absolutely, Mick. Well said. Um, Sam Victory's next up, and he says, Graham Tully, Mead call up after three wonder points against Kilbride for St. Mary's. Um, yeah, he scored three out of St. Mary's, four point, or seven points. So um, that's, 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 pretty that's, that's pretty decent. Um, well done. I'll ring Andy yeah. McEntee. Yeah, Evan Tobin is next up and he says Trim getting three out of three in championship games for two weeks in a row and this follows up the hurling last weekend Mickey they played three hurling games last weekend three wins out of three played three football games this weekend three out of three that ain't bad absolutely um, you know they're on, as I said to you they're the most uh, informed team and steady team at the moment 215 to 1-8 against Rumbara there are other two uh, adult football teams winning as well. You know things are things are um, things are going well down there in Trim, and they're just you know quietly moving along. No big stories about them or anything at the moment. I suppose people will be talking about uh, the, the the bigger winners uh, like over the weekend, uh, Kilmainham maybe, and uh, the likes of Ballina Brackey's win. But Trim are just coming in there, nice and steady. Um, and uh, under the radar kind of Cormac O'Reilly um, saying Shawnee Curran with a positive case of being in great shape yeah if uh, if uh, great shape was COVID-19 he'd be positive definitely so he would <laughs> very good you're on fire now Brendan you're getting going <laughs> um, I'm going to have to take you down a peg or two though on this one Evan Connor yeah. Vincent's goalkeeper he says Vincent's win and predicted finish Again, I don't want to talk about the win. Predicted finish, Mickey. Where do you see St. Vincent's finishing up in this year's championship? Well, look, oh, that, that, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's still wide open. And again, you have to look at them saying he's 9.23. I know it was against some conduit, but, you know, it's, it's, it's still a massive statement of intent. So it, there's still a lot of football to be played here. Beliver, Connor Ross, you know, Dunsany, St. Vincent's. St. Vincent's will be, you know, in the shake-up. Yeah, absolutely, Mick. Um, I I would say definitely. Well, obviously a semi final at this stage. Have they enough to win it? I'm just not sure yet, to be honest with you. Um, but time will tell on that one. Evan Dromey says two O'Sullivan brothers led Manalvi to a victory over Curaha. Obviously, Mark and Killian were outstanding once again for Manalvi. They really are the go-to men there. Yeah, yeah. Um, they really are. They're just class. And then you've got the the um, Harnans to back them up as well um, when they're fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one is from Cahill O'Brien, and he says, Own Crow making his senior debut for Summerhill. Great to see. Um, did you hear about this one? No, I actually didn't. Uh, I wasn't at this game, didn't see it, didn't hear any reports of it, so I, I don't know. Did he make his debut, first of all? That's, that's how, we, how we did, yeah. That's what I'm afraid of as well. He, yeah. he could have <laughs> easily been doing water by or something, and, you know, the lads... They're ripping it out of them, so who knows? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? Like, if he did, if he did uh, make his debut, um, you know what a game to make it in and uh, uh, grinded out that win against um, Wolf Tones. And as you said, even if he was involved doing the water bite, you know, it's still great to be involved in a win like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well said, Mick. And um, the next one is from uh, Flash Gordon. And uh, this mightn't go down well, but he said, would Stevie Wonder do a better linesman than Gus Martin? Um, I've never, do you know what? I can't answer that question because I've never seen Stevie Wonder doing linesman. If I had seen him doing a linesman, then I could make a comment on it. 
And I've seen Gus doing linesman several times, um, and he does nothing but a good job. So, you know, that remains to be seen. Um, Michael Tiernan back in, and he says, Mickey Burke showing raw emotion at full time. Very passionate, uh, good man is Mickey. Yeah, look, he's a very passionate mead man, very passionate Longwood man, and uh, obviously wasn't happy, I don't think, uh, at the end of their game, losing it to Clonagale 2-9 to 2-8 by the sounds of things. And, um, you know, understandable, because who did, who, who'd have thunk it, you know, that, that Longwood be, would be in the situation they are now at this moment. Mm, very disappointing all right um next one is from keen rogers and he says david mcgowan carrying a bad injury probably out for the simonstown game interesting is that mind games i would suggest it probably is he's getting them going good and early for that game in two weeks time i heard that there's uh, at least eight lads out for simonstown um for the ratote game ratote you know like ratote could probably put out the third team at this stage and, and beat Simonson. It's not going to happen. Simonson, and especially with this COVID case, they're not even going to be able to train or anything, Davey. Simon's turn are beaten. End of story. We're told they're going to win the championship and win the All-Ireland. <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> Celine uh, Dalton says, what about Johnny Lavelle? And Johnny Lavelle was, of course, the man who struck uh, the all-important goal for Summerhill in that narrow win against Wolf Tones this evening. And as I said, Johnny Lavelle is an excellent defender. I actually marked him before as well. And, uh, you know, a terrific player and great to see him getting forward and contributing in a scoring sense as well nowadays. What did you mark him with? Was it a marker or a pen or what? Oh, I, I would have poked him in the eye with a marker if I had it done <laughs> in my pocket, but no. Um, yeah, that, that was that. That was a long yeah. time ago. Um, James Mangan is in next and he says the abuse of woman at the screen match. I don't know if you heard that about this, Mick. No, never heard anything about this, but we'll have to uh, we'll have to do a bit of fishing. I know a couple of people from Spain. I'll I'll find out that, and uh, we will uh, we'll we'll talk about it privately. <laughs> mm. uh, Gav Daly says Darren McGill carrying Retote's second team. He is, of course, Conor McGill's brother, so you'd expect nothing, yeah. nothing else from him. Yeah, look, you know Retote. Ratote's second team doesn't need any one player to carry them because they're absolutely awesome. Their second team and their third team, and uh, you know they're 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 just an embarrassment of riches that they have. And uh, yeah, if if Darren McGill is playing for the, for the second team, of course he's going to stand out. Mm. Colin uh, McAreevy uh, yeah. is in, and he says the Park Talton pitch, you know the yeah, what Buff Egan does immaculate. The perfect, the perfect um, uh, symbol. Yeah. There. yeah. Um, look, uh, it, it's the second best pitch in the country, and 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 it's after getting like four months off uh, uh, due to four or five months off due to COVID um, and the lockdown. So it, it, there's no doubt about it. It's 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 it's, it's going to be in fabulous condition at this time of the year. Yeah, I actually walked it before the the game this evening, Mickey, and it really was in top notch condition. So all credit to the groundsmen there who are who are doing a magnificent job. Um, dare I say that is all of the Instagram, and I'm going to cut it off now, and I'm going to delete the first question because <laughs> Christ of Almighty, yeah, We've well, been in a data with stuff, and I only good. put that up five hours ago, like. Yeah, good to hear from Colin McRavey. And uh, again, uh, we want to remind everybody to uh, to absolutely pack Davy's Instagram with nominations. Nominations for our Team of the Week, our Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week, and our Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week. Of course, the Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week will receive a €50 Euro voucher from 
uh, CEO Stephen Baxter and myself and Davy Rustin will be there for the photo opportunity as well. Davy loves a photo opportunity and will be definitely there. So he will add all when he can. Um, but uh, Davy, again, you know this is going to be it's going to be a tough week to pick a team of the week because there's been some amazing performances uh, throughout the three championships. Incredible performances, Mickey. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in one sense, sitting down and probably trashing out a team with yourself and uh, in, in another, probably dreading leaving out lads who have probably got ridiculous tallies or excellent displays, you know, further back and are in midfield and this kind of thing. But unfortunately, that's just the task we're going to be faced with. So, um, you know, um, please don't, please don't hate us. <laughs> <laughs> and also this week as well don't forget to check out our Loyal Royals podcast it's on Patreon forward slash We Are Me this is for the diehard and most loyal of Royal supporters and club supporters um, we have our interview with Fergal Harney and of course a, a roundup of the Ladies Gaelic football um, from last Friday night a bit more in depth than what myself and Davy did we also have our junior intermediate and senior Reviews from the weekend with uh, loads of reaction from the games that Davy was at on the weekend. We have John Rafferty from Beliver. We have Mike, uh, Mickey Foley from Nafina, uh, Shawnee Mahan from um, uh, Kilmainham, Martin McGovern from Kilmainham, Beano Hanlon from Kells, and Con Cleary also from Kells. And don't forget as well, we'll also have our Camogie Roundup uh, or preview. That will be out tomorrow also. So it's an absolutely packed uh, week of podcasts for the GEA, the diehard and loyal Royal uh, fan out there. Davey, have you anything else for the podcast this week? No, Mickey, I think, uh, I think we've been exhausted in that one. It's, uh, it's been tough. Yeah, it's 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 been look, it's it's brilliant. We've had so much football over the weekend, and that it's brilliant that we're able to bring uh, all this to our listeners. Look, we are me. Why it matters more.